You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, your attention please. Now batting for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball, the host, Al Melchior, Fan Rock Fantasy Baseball. Welcome, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And, uh, you know, I tweeted out for the for promoting this show that uh, this was the penultimate in-season show. That was not exactly right. Got a little ahead of myself. Uh, I will be here two weeks from now on the second to the last uh, day of the season. But um, uh, this will be the second to last show where there's actually a fantasy week ahead of us. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, anyhow, um, lots to get to here. Uh, there is another week to, uh, to look forward to week 25 might be the start of your finals might be your, uh, semifinal might be just your second to last week of the roto season, whatever the deal is there. Um, Looking forward to uh, walking you through it and, as usual, be looking at some of the uh, performances from yesterday and uh, looking ahead to next week. Two-star pitchers, some interesting matchups, so all of that uh, to come. But uh, the news, uh, recent breaking news, a two-game suspension for Wilson Contreras uh, after uh, the events in uh, yesterday's uh, Cubs-Cardinals game. And, uh, of course, Contreras is uh, appealing that suspension. Suspensions are typically appealed. So um, that's uh, going to be a kind of an interesting dilemma, perhaps, for next week. Uh, going to be talking about another Wilson that you might consider starting a catcher later on the show. That's right, Wilson Ramos. Uh, <laughs> just uh, looking ahead to that one. But, uh, yeah, it makes what would have been, I think, probably a pretty obvious decision, uh, a, a tougher one there with the, uh, with the uh, suspension there uh, and not knowing exactly when that's going to be served uh, by Wilson Contreras. And I would assume it will be served at, at some point. Anyhow, uh, other items. Uh, the Indians winning streak is now over 22 games. Uh, if you don't want to count the tie that uh, the Giants had uh, 101 years ago. Uh, you could uh, say that this was the uh, all-time Major League winning streak, or you could just make it a little more wordy and say that it's the longest Major League winning streak that doesn't include a tie. But the Royals ended it on Friday, beating them, and Mike Miner got his first career save in that game. So there's been this uh, closer committee in Kansas City. It's really been pretty much all Scott Alexander up to this point. In fact, he's been used so much by Ned Yost that uh, he had to rest the other night. And uh, and then last night it was uh, uh, Mike Miner getting the save against uh, against the uh, the Indians. So apparently Miner's still very much in that committee. I wouldn't uh, invest in Brandon Maurer at this point. If you're hanging on to him, I would uh, be targeting Alexander or Miner. Anyhow. Uh, much more to come, some injury updates, uh, state-up performances to look at, and again, a Week 25 preview, that and much more. So stick around. I will be right back.
Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back, everyone. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And as promised, I've got uh, much more news to come. A few Cubs items, big Cubs day in the news. Uh, more performances, or actually just some performances, since we haven't started that yet, to look back on from Friday. And very, very important, a Week 25 preview. Uh, but before we get on to any of that, I need to tell you about something very, very important that uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network is doing. Uh, they are sponsoring a uh, DFS contest that you can find over on DailyRoto.com or uh, RotoExperts.com. And if you go to DailyRoto.com slash DKMS or RotoExperts.com slash DKMS, uh, you'll also get some information on uh, D- DKMS, uh, do uh, terrific things to help uh, people uh, who are fighting blood cancer. Uh, you can even uh, sign up to be a bone marrow donor or uh, get other information on, on donating or other ways that you can help. So please do check that out. And uh, the contest itself, uh, the uh, we're uh, running one every single week. And uh, there'll be a link there if you go to either of those sites. There'll be a new contest every week uh, for the first 16 weeks of the NFL season. And then the weekly winners will play in week 17 uh, with the winner getting two tickets to Super Bowl 52 in Minnesota. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, but it's just it's a great cause, too. So, so please do check that out. Uh, anyhow, let's uh, get back to uh, the news uh, so as I mentioned before the break, uh, Wilson Contreras has been handed a two-game suspension, which he is uh, appealing. And he is, therefore, as you would expect, he is in the Cubs lineup today. They are playing the Cardinals again at Wrigley Field. That's a 3.05 Central Time start with Kyle Hendricks and Michael Waka going. That should be a really good one. So Contreras uh, behind the plate, batting cleanup for the Cubs in that one. And Dexter Fowler's back. Dexter Fowler is back for the Cardinals. He is batting fifth and in center field. So uh, suddenly Fowler becomes, uh, speaking of week 25, becomes a a week 25 uh, option for you, assuming that uh, he's in there again tomorrow, is healthy. Uh, That's uh, another outfield option for you to consider. So a good good deal there. Got a number of uh, games that are going to be starting up in that uh, hour, uh, 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central, got uh, Orioles-Yankees, uh, Royals-Indians, and uh, Pirates-Reds uh, all starting uh, in that hour. So I'll keep you updated on any news I got there. Uh, in terms of the weather, only one game you should really be keeping your eyes on in terms of your daily lineups, and that's the Blue Jays at the Twins. There's a 55% chance of precipitation that actually increases after game time. And that is Adalberto Mejia and Marco Estrada. So there's no delay there or no cancellation. Uh, that humidity should help those two pitchers who allow a lot of fly balls. But uh, definitely do keep an eye on that one. 
And I mentioned there's a number of other Cubs issues uh, to be aware of. Uh, they have just activated Addison Russell off of the disabled list. Uh, he's not in the Cubs lineup for today. And uh, he's not going to be playing regularly now. Um, so the word uh, actually from ESPN.com Chicago is uh, he won't be an everyday player and won't even necessarily play every inning in the games that uh, he does play since Russell did not have a rehab assignment. But he is back, uh, would, would definitely be looking for a different shortstop alternative uh, if, if you're a Russell owner or thinking of being one. Although probably he's not out there on waivers, I wouldn't think. But who knows? Maybe some people dropped him uh, with him uh, with the with the uh, foot injury. JD Martinez was uh, scratched uh, yesterday with a stiff neck against the Giants. I believe that's a nighttime start. That is that is a 6:05 Pacific time start. Uh, Diamondbacks at Giants. Zach Greinke and Madison Bumgarner also should be a good one. Uh, so probably won't have any word on the show as to whether or not Martinez will be back for that one. So that's one uh, to definitely monitor. Hanley Ramirez had uh, an MRI on his left bicep, according to uh, the Boston Globe's Pete Abraham. Sounds like Ramirez will probably be out for a while this injury. So again, be looking for some first base uh, alternatives uh, there for next week. Uh, getting back to the Cubs, Jake Arietta. May be back in about a week's time. Could be back for next weekend series at Milwaukee. Uh, still uh, working his way back from a hamstring strain. And finally, uh, Ahmed Rosario and Travis Darno. they were both out on Friday uh, at Atlanta, and both are considered day-to-day. Rosario is dealing with a tight right hip flexor, and Darno twisted his right knee. So it doesn't sound like either one is expected to be out for long, but that's going to be another situation to monitor, particularly for Rosario. Uh, I would think there's there's a lot of really good catcher options in the coming week. But uh, particularly for Rosario, who I'm guessing a lot more owners are probably counting on, uh, that, that's one to definitely monitor uh, over this weekend. So let's uh, take a look back at some of the big-time Friday performances very heavy on pitchers. We did have a couple of hitters uh, with two home runs that we'll get to later on in the show. But uh, Daniel Mengden, his first career shutout. It's not been a very long career for Daniel Mengden. So that's uh, definitely one I did not see coming. I'm guessing uh, not too many owners saw that one coming. But shut out the Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. Got seven strikeouts, did not walk a batter, and only allowed two hits. Now, this was sort of bizarro Mengden. As much as we can ascertain a, a trend for him, because he hasn't you know, pitched much, particularly this year with the A's, been been mostly in the minor leagues. But uh, what he has shown us so far at the major league level is a definite tendency towards uh, being a fly ball pitcher. And even though he had been a pretty good strikeout pitcher in the minor leagues, it was a decent one last year when he was up with the A's. This year, in his uh, three appearances prior to this uh, shutout against the Phillies, he had a 6% swinging strike rate. So you definitely get a profile there of Mengden, of somebody who allows a lot of contact, and much of it is airborne. And in this game against the Phillies, 15 ground balls and 19 swings and misses. So uh, I'm definitely chalking that one up to the matchup. Um, But because Mengden has had some, some success in the minor leagues, 
I'm a slight bit intrigued. I mean, it's it's late enough in the year that is probably not one I'm going to take an action on. I guess we can we can always see how Mengda does next week, but I I can't really foresee myself counting on him in in week 26, regardless of what what Mengden does. He now here's the thing: it could be a little deceiving too. He's got the Tigers. He's scheduled next Wednesday at Detroit. So he's coming off a pretty favorable matchup against the Phillies. And then the next star is the Tigers, who uh, at this point I think are probably one of the more favorable matchups in the majors uh, with a a very stripped-down version of their lineup from earlier in the season. So uh, maybe if Magda does well again, I'm probably disregarding that for, uh, for Week 26. Chris Sale struggled, and he's been inconsistent. I mean, if you look at the overall stats for him over uh, the last uh, month and a half or so, uh, it doesn't really look good. But Chris Sale has had some classic, typical Chris Sale starts during that stretch. It's just the bad ones have typically been pretty bad. Um, And I would count this among them. Only five and two-thirds innings at Tampa Bay on Friday. Four runs on six hits and three walks. Did get nine strikeouts. So like we see with a, a lot of pitchers who are not nearly as good as Chris Sale, uh, the strikeouts are, are pretty much a constant for him. Uh, but over his last nine starts total, Sale has a 4.25 ERA. Uh, but in 53 innings, he has 76 strikeouts. So right there, that would suggest that there's not too much wrong with Chris Sale. He's walked 14 back. There's nothing wrong with that. Nine home runs. That's where probably the biggest problem is. And Sale's always been a pretty extreme fly ball pitcher. Uh, so nine home runs. The He's certainly been gotten to in that regard. He's also allowing a 333 batting average on balls in play. That has been a contributor to uh, Sale's struggles. But again, he's, he's not allowing a whole lot of contact. So I'm not worried about a high BABIP. And I'm certainly not worried about a high BABIP when the underlying stats... The, the hard contact, the soft contact rates, the line drive rate, none of that is supporting that he's going to be a dangerous pitcher to own when he does allow the ball to be put on play, put in play. So no worries about Chris Sale. A few more home runs than you'd like to see him give up. But as, as far as the whole package goes with him, this 425 ERA just looks fluky bad and, and no worries. Not that I think anybody was thinking of benching Chris Sale, but if you even had just a little bit of angst about it, I don't think you have too much to worry about there. Now, a pitcher that you might have a little bit of angst about is Alex Wood. And he had a very, very nice start against the the Nationals on Friday. I'm going to break that one down because, um, you know, that's going to be helpful, I think, looking ahead to next week. Because I think Wood is a little bit more of a borderline case than Chris Sale. So I'm going to take a closer look there at, at Alex Wood. Take a look at the return of James Paxton and a deep, 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 deep sleeper, maybe for the next couple of weeks. So definitely want to stick around for that. Going to head to break and then I'll be right back. <laughs> it never gets old. All right, everyone. Two truths, one lie. I was going to be on The Real World. I play the oboe. And I saved a kid's life. You definitely never saved a kid's life. I'm serious. Last summer, I donated bone marrow to a kid who had leukemia. 
saving a life. The truth is, it's easier than you think. Learn how at DKMS.org. <laughs> who knew we were living with a hero? Um, a hero <laughs> who plays the oboe. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. This is Fan Rad Fantasy Baseball. I'm Al Melfiore, your host for this show. And uh cool thing about doing this uh, Saturday show in the afternoon is uh, get a chance to uh, check on uh, some real-time baseball action. There's just two games going on right now. Mentioned that we've got uh, several that are set to start in roughly an hour and a half. But uh, we got the Dodgers and the Nationals. Dodgers up 2-1 to one in that one. Uh, Clay Bellinger, or Clay Bellinger. I'm still doing that. I cannot believe I am still saying Clay Bellinger. Cody Bellinger uh, hit a solo homer early on in that one. Uh, two to one Dodgers over the Nationals. And uh, just looking to see an uh, Anthony Rendon. That's right. I saw that. Yeah, he hit uh, hit uh, homer, solar homer for the uh, for the Nationals. So uh, anyhow. Uh, the other game that's going on is Astros Mariners, then Houston, and Astros are up uh, for nothing. So that's what we've got so far. Uh, check back in on those, particularly if there's anything particularly notable. But uh, Dallas Keuchel cruising along so far against the Mariners, trying to help uh, the Astros clinch their division in that one. Just one run allowed for, uh, or one hit allowed, I should say for uh, Keuchel so far. Uh, getting back to uh, some of the standout performances, I mentioned I talked about Alex Wood, and uh, like Chris Sale, who I talked about before the break, has really uh, kind of fallen off lately in terms of uh, his performance, uh, but had a nice bounce-back start. And um, I was a little, I've been a bit concerned about Alex Wood, you know, as dominant as he was for much of uh really much of this whole season uh the velocity down was just a bit over uh the last several starts and including this this recent one um so you know more in the 90 91 range instead of around 92 it, it, you know that is in and of itself isn't necessarily anything that I, I would recommend that people freak out over except when it does coincide with a really dramatic change in performance and in the indicators that underline the, the results. Um, and in Wood's case, you know, he was just doing everything superbly for most of the season. He was not uh, allowing contact. When he was, it was soft contact. There were tons of ground balls. Uh, he was just an ace in, in every definition of the word. Uh, but over the eight starts prior to the one against the Nationals on Friday, he had a 5.10 ERA and only 35 strikeouts in 47 and two-thirds innings with a very pedestrian swinging strike rate. Um, 13 walks, which is not bad, but 11 home runs, which is obviously awful. Um, much, much worse, actually, than that home run ratio from Chris Sale, which was slightly worrisome. But, again, 11 home runs over a 47 and two-thirds inning stretch for Alex Wood, very, very worrisome. So to see him go up against uh, a Nationals team that's pretty close to full strength, just missing Bryce Harper pretty much uh, in terms of uh, their their complete lineup, 
and uh, doing well. Very, very encouraging for him. But he only got four ground balls. So the, the recent trend towards being a little more fly ball leaning certainly was present there. Uh, and he did get 21 called strikes, which is, you know, that that's really uh, how he went a, a good way towards building up uh, a total of eight strikeouts against the Nationals. So six scoreless, three hits, one walk, eight strikeouts uh, against the Nationals. So, you know, can he replicate that, uh, you know, over his last few starts? I, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm very much kind of on the fence, really, about what to do about Alex Wood. But if there's a tiebreaker, it is the the matchup. And talked about Daniel Mengden acing the Phillies and, and kind of chalking that up to the matchup against the Phillies. Well, Alex Wood gets the Phillies. He gets them at Citizens Bank Park, gets the Phillies next week as rotations currently line up. And, of course, this time of year, that can be extremely fluid, and especially with the Dodgers. Um, who have been pretty fluid all season long in terms of their rotation. But as of right now, looks like Alex Wood's going to start at Philadelphia next week. So I put the question to Twitter, would you trust him next week at Philadelphia? And, and in the question, I included the recent stats, a 510 ERA, a .876 OPS allowed over an eight-start stretch prior to uh, Friday at Washington. 63% said yes. They would trust Alex Wood against Philadelphia in Week 25, just 37 percent. No, uh, I'm I'm struggling with this one. I do have Wood in one league where I'm still going, and I'm probably going to start him. But I have a very good rotation in that league. I've got lots of options, including on on my bench. So it's it's not a uh, it's not a a slam dunk for me for that one. But I am leaning towards starting Alex Wood partly because of the start against the Nationals, partly because of the longer-term track record, partly, and probably the biggest part, is going up against the Phillies, uh, who look like a very good matchup right now. Um, so, that said, and, you know, I thought it was interesting, too, that for as good as Wood was all, all season long, that more than a third of the Twitter respondents said, no, they do not trust him next week. So I think that's pretty pretty telling. So I think the moral here. From all the factors there, uh, is you got to look at your options with Alex Wood for next week, even with the nice matchup. It's one start. There are some good two-start options that I'm going to talk about uh, later on in the show. So um, rather than just make it automatic, you can, I think you can start Alex Wood, but look and see what your options are. Uh, I had a very interesting matchup on Friday that I, I did not expect it to be interesting and certainly not in a, in a positive way for fantasy. Anibal Sanchez and Carson Fulmer. So first of all, you, you do have a couple of, of pitchers there going against teams that are very good matchups. I talked about how the Tigers are now a team that I like to pick on uh, for pitching matchups. Uh, but, you know, also the White Sox. So um, – Certainly, you, you could maybe chalk these up to the, the offenses that were involved. But, I mean, the, San, Sanchez in particular was just flat-out dominant. Won six innings, gave up just one run on six hits and a walk, and 11 strikeouts. That just that line there is vintage Anibal Sanchez. Uh, it's interesting to break that one down, though, because the 11 strikeouts are... It's definitely a surprising thing to see right now in, in a 2017 Anibal Sanchez box score 
But uh, he got 17 swinging strikes, which is eye-popping for any pitcher, maybe, you know, except for like, Chris Sale or Steven, uh, uh, Steven Strasburg, uh, <laughs> Max Scherzer. I almost just morphed them into one player. Um, but uh, Anibal Sanchez, that's something that definitely grabs your attention. Seven swings and misses. However, you look at the plot at where those were, nine of those swings and misses were on pitches that were not in the strike zone. And I, if I recall, every single one of those nine swings and misses on pitches out of the zone, they were way out of the zone. Not close, not borderline. So I, I do think you, do, you need to chalk that up largely to the opponent because the White Sox, probably not surprisingly, one of the worst teams in the majors in terms of uh, restraint on pitches outside the zone uh, in the bottom four or five. Uh, also, one of the worst contact rates when they do swing on pitches outside the zone. So if there was a team that Sanchez could do this against, you, you could almost pinpoint the White Sox would be a, a good opponent for that. So you always have to give some some credit to the pitcher, but this is just so out of line with most of what Sanchez has done this year that I, I would not, even an ale-only league, would not make a move on, on Sanchez on the basis of this start. Now, on the other end... Carson Fulmer, there's a little bit more to go on. Now, now the line against the Tigers, not quite as impressive as Sanchez's line against the White Sox. Six innings for Fulmer, one run on four hits and a walk, just five strikeouts. That's basically the big difference there, just five strikeouts for Fulmer. But over his last four appearances, last two were starts, previous two were relief appearances. Those have totaled up to 16 and two-thirds innings. He's allowed three runs, on just nine hits, six walks, 17 strikeouts. So that's definitely quite a, a mixed bag there. Quite a mixed bag there for Carson Fulmer. Uh, but what you get is not a lot of hits, not great control, but better than a, slightly better than a strikeout per inning. And when, you, again, you go to the, the indicators below that, that's pretty much a stat line you, you could predict for Carson Fulmer because he's had a 20% ground ball rate. That's ridiculous. That may be the lowest ground ball rate I've cited for any pitcher in the entire history of this show. 20% ground ball rate for Carson Fulmer. So that's a double-edged sword. It means that he could be very, very vulnerable to extra base hits and especially home runs. Also means there's going to be a lot of pop-outs, a lot of easy fly ball outs, uh, which has been the case for Fulmer over those uh, 62 thirds innings. And only a 19% hard contact rate. So that's why he's been able to prevent runs and prevent extra base hits. A lot of fly balls, not a lot of hard contact. That's interesting for Fulmer. And I actually have already picked him up in one league. <laughs> not for next week necessarily, um, but uh, looking ahead uh, beyond week 25 to week 26. Uh, why is that? I'll leave you with a cliffhanger there. We'll talk a little bit more about Curtis Fulmer after the break because I think he's interesting for some of the matchups coming up in what is a very short rest of season. So stay tuned, talk about that. I'll take a look at the Paxton's return and lots, lots more right after this break. Hey, 
everybody, it's me, Joe Pizzapia, best-selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series. And right now, you can get the 2017 Fantasy Football Black Book on Amazon as we speak. What are you waiting for? You can get it for ebook, for your Kindle, or for paperback. And it's not just me this year. No, I brought in some friends. I got Jake Seeley. I got Sammy Reed. I got Gary Davenport. I got championships, and they're waiting for you. Find out why the Fantasy Black Book is number one best-selling in fantasy sports for the 10th straight time. You know why? Because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Welcome back, everybody. This is FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, left with a little cliffhanger there. I'm Carson Fulmer. You don't want to have to wait around a couple of minutes to get some information on Car- Carson Fulmer, but uh, you were patient. Hopefully the uh, patience will pay off, because here's what, what I did not have time to say before the break. So Fulmer, another good uh, appearance, another good outing, uh, this time against the Tigers. I am giving the Tigers uh, some of the credit there, uh, because they're just not one of the better uh, or stronger hitting matchups right now, as uh, we're, we're rolling in towards the end of the season. Next week, Fulmer gets the Astros. Okay, so I don't really want any part of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, after a couple of good starts, a couple of good re- relief appearances, uh, I'm not ready to trust Carson Fulmer against the Astros. And again, uh, just to, to reiterate what I said in the previous segment, the, the formula for Fulmer during this very brief stretch is a lot of fly balls, but not a lot of hard contact. So just a lot of easy fly ball outs uh, and also you know, a good number of strikeouts to boot. That's not a bad combination, but it's not one you can trust in every matchup. So no, the Astros don't like that. But then assuming that uh, rotations, you know, stay uh, the, the White Sox rotation, you know, stays uh, lined up the way it is right now, which is a bad assumption to make, arguably, when we're projecting ahead a week and a half for week 26, last week of the season. He would get a start, and there's a those are four game series to start the week here. So there would be a very good chance somehow, even if the the rotation changed, that Fulmer would get a start against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I like that matchup a lot. Uh, they are I would like it a little bit better if it was in Anaheim, uh, but they have been one of the worst teams in the major leagues in terms of their production on fly balls. I understand most of that has been without Justin Upton. We'll see. If, if, if Fulmer acquits himself decently against the Astros, then I'm glad I picked him up now as opposed to them when he would have you know maybe another start that would intrigue some owners. Uh, maybe he'd become a hotter uh, item on waivers at that point. And then if he remains on the, the current schedule, not only would he have a Tuesday start against the Angels, he would have a Sunday start at the Indians. Yes, I know, that's a terrible matchup. But it's the last day of the season. Last day of the season. I, have, I once lost a league to a, uh, a person who ran out a very, very mediocre pitcher because they were up against a team that was you know, playing you know, basically uh, you know, AAA lineup, spring training lineup on the last day of the season. So, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting for Fulmer. It's a long shot. I wouldn't cough up anything of value to make that bid, but if you've got somebody that you're just as happy to let go of, and maybe even I drop them between now and week 26. But I'm interested to see how that Astros start goes for Carson Fulmer 
um, because it might there might be a nice payoff in week 26. And granted, that is the championship week, so I don't just want to throw anybody out there. It's a long shot. It's super speculative, but I had a, a, a spot that I could use, at least for the time being, to keep them. I want to see how this plays out. Enough said. Uh, James Paxton came back from his DL stint, and it was not uh, not a good one if you uh, were relying on him yesterday against, guess who, the Astros. Um, now, it wasn't really a good idea to start Paxton anyway because he was on a pitch count, and he did just throw 50 pitches. That was pretty much what was expected, somewhere in the 50 to 60 range. Only those those 50 pitches only got him four outs. So one and one-third innings for Paxton, three runs on four hits, two walks, not a single strikeout. He did throw 52% of his pitches in the zone. So that ratio of no strikeouts to two walks may make it look like he was all over the place. Quite the contrary. Paxton threw more than half of his pitches in the zone, which is exceptional. But exceptional in a bad way. He only got swings on 8% of the pitches on the on the 48% of pitches that weren't in the zone. That's a very, very bad ratio. So uh, we'll need to see much, much better things and a much louder, longer outing from James Paxton next time around if he's going to have any any sort of viability for us uh, rest of season. Uh, so as for next week, and the, the Mariners actually just recently announced what their rotation was going to be next time through. So Paxton is, is uh, looks like he's uh, carved in for a Thursday start versus the Rangers. And that's a, that's a pretty decent matchup for a lefty. Uh, so we'll see how that one goes. And then, you know, if, if that goes well, then maybe, uh, you know, he's somebody that we can, we can trust again for the final week. And I would certainly have a lot more confidence in James Paxton than I would Carson Fulmer for that, uh, that last week of the season. So um, I'll be watching that one uh, a lot more closely. Uh, let's just take a look at a few of the standout hitters. Like I said, most of the standout performances from Friday were pitchers. Talked a lot about them. Want to make sure I leave plenty of time to talk about next week. But uh, Wilson Ramos had a two-homer game, and that is relevant because talked earlier about the uh, the show about the other catching Wilson, the Wilson with the extra L, Wilson Contreras, uh, maybe to serve a two-game suspension. Maybe it comes next week. Uh, I you know I probably would still go with Contreras just because. He could sit back-to-back games anyway, so it might not affect his playing time that much. But Ramos, kind of interesting, with this two-home run game against the the Red Sox, he now has nine on the season. He had three hits total in that game. He's hitting more fly balls this year and pulling them more often than he did last year in his big power breakout year, and also higher rates just than what he's had typically over his career. And he now, with those that two-homer game, he has a home run to plate appearance ratio a 4.7%, which is higher than it was last year. Now, the thing is, because he's hitting more flies and he's pulling the ball more often, he's not getting the good batting average that he had last year. So he, so now, you know, assuming that this is what he could do over the final two weeks, he doesn't have a, a really different profile from, you know, a lot of catchers that you could you could pick up. You know, Rod, Robinson Torinos would uh, be a good one for next week, and he's out there in some leagues. Even, even Wellington Castillo. Uh, probably have a harder time finding him, but uh, especially in ESPN and Yahoo leagues, he might be out there. He'd be a great uh, catcher to pick up for next week. And and uh, you know, there's all kinds of catchers out there who could give you power, but won't necessarily give you batting average. 
Uh, so I, don't know, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that I'd run out and get Ramos. But it is interesting to see that, uh, you know, maybe it's just uh, being too skewed by one two-homer game. But, uh, you know, power numbers, that, that match up well compared to last season. Zach Cozart also hit uh, two home runs, both off of Chad Cool, who gave up four total. Uh, so that's homers number 21 and 22 for Cozart. Scott Shebler homered off of Chad Cool. Joey Votto homered off of Chad Cool. Uh, Scott Shebler, just want to talk about him a bit because he uh, got a little bit cold uh, even after he started playing more regularly again for the Reds. Uh, so he's, he's pretty much back to being a regular again. But over his last eight games, hitting 276, just the one home run that he hit off of Chad Cool, but five doubles and a triple. So there is power there for Scott Shebler. I him in a recent waiver wire piece for FanRag Sports saying if you're looking for power and you've missed out on, you, know, you missed out Reese Hoskins, obviously, you know, way too late for that, or even Matt Olson, who I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, Shebler's got the 10th highest average fly ball t- distance for any hitter this year that's hit at least 50 fly balls. I mean, he's got some great company in terms of how much power he is hitting with, and he's heating up a little bit now. So consider Scott Shebler for next week. And also as Drupal Cabrera. Now, I don't know what's going on with the Mets because after you know trading off so many of their, their good hitters and losing Michael Conforto for the rest of the season, I mean, it's just not an impressive-looking lineup. And yet they've been one of the most productive offenses in the month of September. I don't get it, but one of the players, maybe the only one that I really trust at this point, is this Dribble Cabrera. He went 3-for-3 three three against the Braves on Friday. He walked. He hit his 30th double of the year. And now over his last 20 games, he's hitting 418 with three home runs and 10 doubles. And he's got the Marlins and the Nationals next week. So Nationals always a tough uh, set of matchups for a hitter, no matter who's going. Uh, the Marlins, obviously, a little, little bit easier in terms of the uh, the starting pitching there, but uh, Cabrera is definitely a a twelve team mixed roto option at this point. He's he's clearly in a big time groove, and I want to get back to Matt Olson, who I've just mentioned very much off the cuff in terms of uh, power, big time power uh, options that may still be on waivers. And I realize a lot of teams, you know, at this point not playing. So the fact that Olsen's ownership rates on the big sites uh, are, are in the 50s is very misleading because probably a lot of the team, they're the leagues that don't have Matt Olsen low owner are leagues that maybe have already, you know, stopped playing or, um, you know, there's just a lot of owners that, uh, you know, just aren't playing anymore. Um, so I understand that. But he is still out there in a few leagues, a few active leagues. It's certainly worth checking. Uh, and I'm very surprised to see that Olsen's uh, ownership rates are still just in the 50s because Reese Hoskins is pretty close to universally owned, despite the fact that they became regulars, you know, Hoskins being called up and, and uh, Olsen being recalled after an earlier stint. Uh, you know, both uh, kind of sliding into regular play uh, in, in August. And Olsen was very hot right out of the gate. In fact, in, in mid-August, he had a span of five games where he had four home runs, right around the time that Hoskins was called up. And very shortly thereafter, started on his hot streak. So it's interesting to me that Matt Olsen is still available in a few leagues that are, you know, still up and going there. 
and Hoskins is nowhere to be found. And yet, Olsen's been been red hot. And one more thing, very important to know about Matt Olsen. I'm going to mention that after the break. So I'm going to put you on another cliffhanger here. Uh, some good Matt Olsen information after the break and some two-star pictures as well. I'll be right back with all that info. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to FanRag Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And uh, I left you on a Matt Olson cliffhanger. I'm going to leave you there just another moment more because uh, I promised I would keep you up to date on uh, the, the current action. And uh, Rich Hill has been lifted uh, from the Dodgers-Nationals game after just five innings and 74 pitches. So I'm not really sure what that's about. But, uh, you know, that's certainly... Uh, something to uh, keep your uh, keep your eyes on going into next week. Make sure there's not uh, some sort of health issue there for uh, for Rich Hill. But uh, let me get back to Mac Ol- Matt Olson, and certainly need to get to uh, two star pitchers before everything is said and done here. Point I want to make about Matt Olson is that he may still be out there in some of your leagues, particularly the, the shallower ones. And the A's in general have really nice matchups next week. They got the Mariners. Or, uh, I'm sorry, actually looking at the wrong way. I think they do have the Mariners, but let me make sure uh, I'm, I'm getting back on the, the right schedule here. Uh, I'm sorry, that's week 26. They've got the Tigers and the Rangers next week. So um, as it stands right now, it looks like uh, Matt Olson and company will get Buck Farmer, Chad Bell, Anibal Sanchez again, uh, Nick Martinez, Miguel Gonzalez, and Martin Perez. I like that schedule. I like it a lot. So, um there's absolutely if Matt Olson is out there, go get him right away, like after the show, um, in in four minutes. Okay, so uh, anyways, uh, good good schedules there for the A's in terms of pitchers. Uh, I've seen some folks on Twitter asking me about uh, Herman Marquez. He's got what looks like the ultimate matchup week. He's got the Giants and Padres at their parks, but Marquez, I just cannot trust him. And those are some of the best matchups you're going to find. And over his last seven starts, he's got a 6.00 ERA. He's allowed a 6.22 slugging percentage. He's uh, faltered against the Marlins, uh, the Brewers. Um, so, you know, even against, you know, some not, you know, totally scary competition, uh, he's had some bad starts. So I, I just would take him off my radar. I would much rather go with Doug Fister at Baltimore at Cincinnati. If you can find Mike Clevenger, uh, probably can't get him in the CBS league, but maybe in the ESPN or Yahoo league, you might find Clevenger. He's got great matchups at the Angels, at the Mariners. And Martin Perez, who I mentioned, who's, who's probably going to be the best starting pitcher that um, the A's will face this week. He's got the A's uh, in Oakland. He's got the Mariners in Seattle. Those are two teams that don't hit lefties very well. Uh, those are both really good parks. 
So I'm definitely targeting uh, Martin Perez for next week. Uh, other pitcher I just mentioned is Blake Snell, who I'm, I'm sort of on the fence about. Uh, you know, he's pitched well of late, but he's got the Cubs at home and the Orioles on the road. And whereas Martin Perez gets teams that don't hit lefties well, Snell's getting two teams that hit lefties really well. Um, and he's, he's been kind of fly ball prone. He's kind of been sliding back into his tendency uh, to not be as deceptive on pitches outside the zone. I'm a little worried about Blake Snell. So I would say, at the very least, check your alternatives um, before you go ahead and, and rely on him for uh, a, a two-start week next week. So um, I think those are you know, probably your, your best options in terms of two-start pitchers who have some chance of being available uh, on waivers in terms of some of those, you know, deep, deep options that are out there. Uh, can't say I really liked too many of those. And uh, as I mentioned uh, at the outset of this discussion, don't really like Marquez. So if you can't get Clevenger, if you can't get Perez, Fister, uh, I think pretty much you got to either go with what you got or a really, really good one-star pitcher. So on that note, I wish you best of luck in the penultimate week of the fantasy baseball season. I'll be back here uh, next Saturday, same time, same place here on Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you again here next weekend.